cops used to come around, you know, in my neighborhood. All right, you kids, stop having so much fun. Move along. Oh, they'd arrest me, you know, especially at night. They have a curfew, right? Niggas have to be home by 11, Negroes 12. And you'd be trying to get home, you know, doing your coup runs. <laughs> they always would catch you out in front of a store or something, because you'd be taking shortcuts, right? Cops, <laughs> put your hands up, black boy. <laughs> I don't wanna hurt nobody. We just came here to party. See a few dames exchange some names. I'm a top shot, the kids stay in your lane. The cop shot the kid, same old same. Pour out a little liquor, champagne for pain. Slap boxing in the street. Crack the hydrant in the heat. The cop cars on the creek. Doing they roundups, we just watch for the sweet. Yeah, it's hotter than July. It's the summer when niggas die. It's the summer when niggas ride. Together we'll be strong, but forever we divide. So y'all are blowing my high. Type of shit that's killing my vibe. White kids are brought in alive. Black kids get hit with like five. Get scared, you panic, you going down. The disadvantages of the brown. How in the hell the parents gonna bury their own kids, not the other way? Around. Reminds me of Emmett Till. Let's remind him why Cat Nils. Five years after Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, Missouri, launched a national conversation about race and police brutality, black men are still more likely to die by police violence than white men. According to a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academics and Sciences, over the course of a lifetime, black men face a 1 in 1,000 risk of being killed during an encounter with police, a rate much higher than that of white men. In 2016, the Pew Research Center surveyed the public's opinion about police performance and found wide gaps in perception between black and white respondents. A pollster, Rich Morin, and senior editor of The Pew, surveyed and said that only 33% of African Americans said police do a good or excellent job. Not only is there a disparity in the deaths, but as alarming is the disparity in the perception between blacks and whites about what the validity is of the murders of black men at the hands of the police. But let's be clear here. All viewpoints aren't equally weighted. While whites have the luxury of intellectually entertaining and musing over their cause and reasons, black people actually have to live with the impact of those murders. For whites, this is an intellectual exercise. For black folks, it's life or death. Thank you for joining us today on the Rage Podcast. I'm your host, H. Soul. Spend the next minutes with us as we explore not only the disparities in police murders in the black community, but also the wide divide in perception in the validity of the deaths between blacks and our white counterparts. You're tuned in to the Rage. Let's get this work. Making ends meet. Shot him this week. So check it out. Yesterday, as I was perusing my timeline, it came to my attention that a young man, just the age of 24, was being taken off a of life support, which he had been on since five days earlier in Aurora, Colorado. And this is because the police had sought to take this young black man into custody for no crime 
whatsoever. And so as, as I'm reading deeper into the story, my righteous rage began to grow, not just because of the story itself, but because of the overall condition of black, brown, and First Nation indigenous folks in general. Aurora police officers responded at 10.32 p.m. August 24th to a call of a suspicious person who was wearing a ski mask and waving his arms. McLean, who is now deceased, routinely wore masks when he was outside because he had anemia, a blood condition, and became cold easily. He had gone to the store to purchase some tea that night for his cousin. Police say that McCain refused to stop walking when they asked him to and that McCain fought back when they attempted to take him into custody. Okay, full stop. Let's put a pin in this story right here. And so joining us today to talk about not only the racial disparities in police shootings, but the disparities between black people and white people in our attitudes towards police themselves is Dr. Melina Abdullah. For those of you who follow my work, you know that Dr. Molina is one of my all-time favorite guests and community organizers. Dr. Abdullah is a tenure professor and the chair of the Department of Pan-African Studies at California State University, Los Angeles. She was interviewed in the documentary 13th, which was a documentary about the mass incarceration in the United States, and is the co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement. Let's take a listen as... Dr. Abdullah and I get into a conversation about these disparities. You are now listening to The Rage Podcast with your host, H. Soul. In looking at, uh, you know, what sparked it for us, or me in particular, was this the death of Elijah McCain, who suffered a brain injury in a confrontation with police here. And it brings up this question uh, that I, that's a twofold question, and I couldn't think of anybody better to answer this question uh, than you. And so the first part of the question is we are dealing with a huge disparity between how black people are treated by the police, black men in particular, and how white people are treated by the police. However, there's also this disparity that exists between how white people view the police and how they treat black people and how black people view the police and how they treat black people. And that's only of concern because even after someone like Elijah McCain is killed, he then has to go through this justice system, which, like I said, includes media, includes uh, jurors, includes judges that still hold this implicit bias around black life. And so I just wanted you to speak to these, these this, this, this phenomenon that black people have to deal with uh, every day in America. Yeah, I mean, I think that at every stage of interaction um, with police, we see these disparities. And I mean, we can talk about the numbers, and I will talk about the numbers, but I think that when you bring up Elijah McClain and when we say the names of people whose lives have been stolen because of the disparities, it's really important that we look also beyond numbers, right? Um, so just seeing Elijah's picture is um, it's, um, it's beyond tragic, right? It um, summons emotions, but also like, you know, there's a spiritual response to what's happening to our people. And I know that you and I are both um, parents of 
black children and black boys in particular. And I think for us, it's um, not just a matter of like justice. It's also a matter of how do we protect our children, knowing that they have targets on their back, right? Mm. Um, and so when we talk about numbers, you know, we can think about, um, you know, black people being three times more likely to be killed by police. Um, we can talk about um, here in Los Angeles, the recent study just came out confirming what we already know, um, which is that black people are stopped by police at five times our population share. And um, we are... Um, when our cars and people cells are searched, when our persons are searched, um, we are half as likely to have any contraband as white folks. Stopped more, but less likely to have actually committed any serious crime. And the reasons usually given for our stops are things like paper plates, tinted windows, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, broken taillights, you know, think Sandra Bland, right? So we're not stopped because they suspect us of doing it, committing any serious crime. And what the data says is most of the time we haven't. So when we think about Elijah, he wasn't doing anything wrong. Police saw right. him as a suspect because he was a black man running. Black people have a right to run, right? Um, when white people run, they're called joggers. When black people run, they're called suspects. Um, and so it's really important that, you know, we think about how at every single phase police target black people for our demise intentionally, right? And so some of the things that um, I think we think about um, as organizers is what is the root cause of all of this, right? And so we can get into the big picture, right? Well, the root cause is white supremacist, patriarchal, heteronormative capitalism, yes. And it's also the origins and purpose of policing, right? So you can't separate um, police from the origins of that system. So when people like Elijah are murdered, and I'm going to say he was murdered, um, because, you know, they'll try to say, oh, it was complications or whatever. No. If this was someone other than police, it would be called what it is, which is a murder, right? Right. Um, and so he might have survived for a couple of days, but they murdered him, right? And so I think it's really important that we understand that that is, it might not have been premeditated in the traditional sense. However, when you talk about constantly viewing black people as suspects, right? And there was a new um, study, and um, so I said I'd give you some numbers, right. that shows that black men and boys in particular are targeted by police. And this is not to the exclusion of black women and girls, right? Black women and girls are absolutely targeted far more than white women and girls. But black men and boys... It is now to the point where murder by the pol police is a leading cause of death. So let me be real clear. I'm going to say it again. Murder by police is a leading cause of death 
for black boys and men. And this is based on a University of Michigan study. It was published in the L.A. Times about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we understand that these outcomes, you know, the murders of black men and boys and the murders of black people by and large by police, not to mention issues of brutality, criminalization, um, surveillance, all of those things are the intent of police. That's what police were created to do because they evolved from a system of slave catching. So if we think about American policing coming out of a system of slave catching that literally put targets on black people's backs, you cannot reform your way out of that system. And so my position and the position of most people, um, including Black Lives Matter, who define themselves as abolitionists, is that we have to completely reimagine public safety. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the So thank you for joining us for part one of From Slave Patrols to Police, The Murder of Elijah McClain. The second part of this series will be out on Saturday. Be sure to listen in with my interview with Dr. Melina Abdullah. She continues to illuminate and provide solutions to the genocidal nature of black boys and men in the United States. I want to thank you all for tuning in. In the meantime and in the between time, love and protect one another. This is H Soul with the Rage Podcast. Yeah.